Hello, welcome to the Mediocre Takes podcast, the podcast where we share our mediocre takes on the shows and movies we watch. I'm Marco, and I'm here with my co-host, Mel. How are you doing, Mel? When you read a physical book, which is more comfortable for you? A hardcover, a paperback, or a mass market paperback? Definitely not the mass market paperback. I would definitely have to go with the paperback, a regular size paperback. Okay. I, I I love a good mass market. Really? Yeah. Well, usually what I do is I'll buy a mass market to like read and like just enjoy. And then if I really like the book, I'll buy the hardcover just because they usually look much more beautiful. And they last longer. That is true. Anyways, first of all, happy Halloween month, everybody. Today, we are going to be talking about Dead in Paranormal Park, which is not really horror, but like a more spooky kids TV show that has a lot of queer themes in it. So yeah, let's just get started. Episode 1. Our two main characters, Barney and Norma, go to a haunted theme park for a job interview. It turns out to be a setup by demons to find a new vessel for their demon king. Pugsley, Barney's dog, sacrifices himself, and Barney and Norma save him by exercising the demon. Mostly. I love the opening scene of Dead in Paranormal Park, and I kind of wish we got more of it. Like, I love the slight horror aspect in an animated kids show, and if this was a different show, I feel like we could have gotten a lot more of that. I'm not sure if they do that in the comics, because this show is based off a comic series called Dead Endia, but I would have loved it either way if we got more of that. Okay, so I really like the way Normal and Barney chase each other to get to the job interview first, and I really liked how Barney throws Pugsley like just like chucks him just like heats him to Norma that was great so like Barney throwing his dog I'm gonna be honest with you it's the only useful thing a pug can do also what kind of name is Barney I would have been fine with any other name but they had to choose the purple dinosaur name which is really gross and I'm pretty sure Barney chose his own name too which means he chose the name of a purple dinosaur I get it makes sense for his character but that's kind of gross I mean I wasn't gonna say anything out of solidarity (laughs) (laughs) well no anyways I was gonna say (laughs) I was gonna say I'm a cunt so I might as well so on brand okay so a small trope i hate in shows is when someone is being possessed or something like they like that like when they're being possessed and they start fighting back or something like that from the inside it's kind of overused and i hate it but i could tolerate it in this episode must because it was a dog that was being possessed is that exclusive to like just possession scenarios because i know that there are other situations where it's basically the same thing but it's like someone is a monster or something and they like hold themselves back from being all monsterly and they're like i'll have some humanity i feel like it's mostly possessions i I don't really feel that way about like holding back in other senses i guess usually i don't like helicopter parents But something about Norma's mom, the type of enthusiasm she had, man. And I'm not just saying this because I'm motherless, but I really liked her. (laughs) Yeah, Norma's mom is really sweet. And we get to see more of her sweetness in season two, which I love. Oh, yeah. The the worm demon. I forgot what it's called. It's like a... What is it? A gorg, I think? I don't know. A gorg? It's not because it's you. (laughs) Whatever. I I don't know. Yeah. But, okay, my my first thought when I saw it, it was... It has the same face as Farmworld Finn from Adventure Time. I feel like it's actually my favorite minor character. Also, I absolutely hate how Pugsley can speak. I just find it so lame. And more often than not, they annoy me. Like, whether it's like the voice or just how they're written, 
animals who can speak in shows get on my nerves and pugsley is no exception to this in fact it's slightly worse because he's a breed of dog that never should have been created like even in my favorite show she ran the princesses of power i forgot his name but he's a horse and he can talk and he was really annoying for most of the show until like the final season where i was like okay i'm fine with you now i completely forgot that there's a talking horse in shira i i that that just <laughs> fell on my mind he was so annoying in the beginning yeah i remember episode two during the employee initiation pugsley gets lost and finds a gaggle of old retired mascots who've come to life he lets them out after finding out all they want is a meet and greet with the people chaos ensues before norma saves the day by turning it into a mascot parade so the opening for this episode was really sweet as well well not sweet i mean well last time i said it was horror and i like that this time, I mean, it's sweet. I just mean I like them both, okay? I love that at first, Norma is scared at whatever whatever the person is dressed as. Who knows what that person was dressed as? But when the head of the costume falls off, she laughs a lot. It's really cute, and I love it a lot, especially considering that she is autistic. According to the creator, it just, it just makes sense in my head, and I really love it. I like when Norma took over the employee initiation thing. That was cool. I find this episode kind of strange because everyone was overreacting over the mascots and Barney genuinely thought Pugsley was going to be in danger and it felt kind of weird. I don't know. That's just how I feel. But like if we were in a real world situation and there are just these giant like furries in disgusting suits walking around <laughs> saying meat. How would you react, Marco? <laughs> when you put it that way. But they're, but they're not furry. <laughs> they're just mascots. Okay, well, <laughs> wrong, wrong choice of wording. But my statement still stands. I, I think that because of how the animation looks, the mascots don't look as grimy as they would in real life. But truly, if you saw a falling apart, musty, crusty ass looking mascot slowly walking up to you saying, meat. Marco, I feel like none of these people were over exaggerating. Okay, you have a point. Okay, so this is a part that I want to make two things clear. The first one is when Pugsley said you're acting just like Graham Graham, I really didn't get it for one specific part and one part I did get. The first part I didn't get is when Barney was like trying to hide Pugsley from the other workers because he's a talking dog. And if people found out there was a talking dog, he would be like taken away or some shit like that. I don't know. So I, I got what Barney was doing during that time. And I'm on Barney's side when it comes to that. When I'm not on Barney's side is the part where Barney says, I wish you could go back to the way you were before. And then Pugsley said that. Like that's the part I really get Pugsley's side. So yeah. I know I said I hate Pugsley, and I will continue to stand by that. But him calling out Barney was like so sick. Plus one points of endearing. <laughs> He's still in the red though. So we get the reveal in this episode that Barney is trans, which I really love because we rarely get to see that kind of representation in shows or movies, especially in animated ones. Uh, and I feel like this is really good representation. It's a shame they canceled this show after only two seasons, though. I do have to say, it was very slay that they were able to get a character to actually just be able to say that they're trans. In the second episode of the first season, like, the show was canceled, but they got a second season after that, which I feel like is kind of a win. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I, I just wish we could have gotten more because, like, the way season two is, like, set up for season three... It would have been really great, you know? Yeah, okay. The butt stuff in the beginning was 
unnecessary. It was so nasty, gross. And something about Marco, something about smelling someone's ass and telling them what they ate two days ago go is gross, even for a talking dog character. Yeah, I agree with you. It was weird. It was just nasty. Also, turning your back on your dog, your supposed family for a man can never be me. And I've never played Five Nights at Freddy's, but I'm going to assume that this episode was basically what the game is about. You're completely off base, but I love that for you. Episode three. Beach episode. The employees of Phoenix Park go on a team bonding trip at the beach. The guru Harmony uses a skull to trap the employees in a dream of their biggest fear. Norma uses her fear of the real world to overfill the skull and Harmony until they literally explode. Okay, so this episode was awkward for me to watch, mostly because when Norma broke down, I felt so awkward and I had to skip that part of the show. Like, this is my uh, second time watching this show, so when I first watched it, I felt awkward, and when I remembered what happened, I just skipped it. You know, we had two very different reactions. I mean, I know it was like... Okay, I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know what? I have always been capable of hiding my breakdowns, so... Instead of feeling awkward for her, I just saw that and I was like, oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I hate Harmony's, Harmony's name. Like, Harmony, not Harmony. It's so stupid. I hate it. When did you know he was the bad guy? I do not remember. I, I think since I'm kind of oblivious to stuff, so I think it was when they, they said, hey, you're the bad guy. I immediately, the second I saw him, I knew that man was yeah. evil. And if it wasn't because... Yeah, he was literally like feeding off of people's fear it was probably because he was like a liberal <laughs> i was gonna say a hippie just to be clear we're not republicans liberal liberal and leftist two yeah, different things yeah. a liberal is a republican <laughs> just just want to make that clear for the leftists who don't get it so norma is autistic coded <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> are you laughing at <laughs> No, 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 I'm sorry. I just thought about that one um, video where someone was like, does Caillou have cancer? And the other person was like, oh, he's definitely cancer coded. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's hilarious though. So Norma is autistic coded or has autistic overtones. It's so obvious and I'm pretty sure the creator Hamish Steele has admitted that she is autistic. And while I really do appreciate this, I wish she, she would actually out and say that she is autistic instead of it just being like overtones or coded. I just wish we had that uh, representation because it would be really great. It is kind of strange that they're very up in front about people's sexualities and like gender expression and stuff. But when it comes to like something something like autism, they're like, oh, it's it's implied. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. Oh, I really like the fact that Norma says that she's afraid of the real world so much that it destroys the harm harmony skull. That was cool. Oh yeah, N Norma is just like me for real. Like her fear, her her fear world is the real world. Girl slay. Also, as someone who is in a like constant state of anxiety, I really resonated with her, and I love that that was what was used to literally kill the white man. Okay, he's a demon. Uh, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, interesting how the demon decided what vessel I'll use. Oh, a white man. Also, I know this is a kid's show, but everyone's fears are, like, so lame. And then there's Barney, uh, whose fear is, like, of actual substance. I do love a good dream episode. I think it's 
a really neglected episode plot, but I love when we get them. Like the one in The Amazing World of Gumball. I do wish more shows did this because there's so many things you can do with it. There's so many ways you can set up how and why we're in these people's dreams. There's just so much potential for that kind of plot. Episode 4. Barney and Norma supervise a birthday sleepover at the park. Realizing the birthday boy is his little brother, Barney hides in a dinosaur costume. The kids summon the night hag, who turns them into little sleep-deprived demon gremlins. Courtney helps Pugsley summon the night hag's sister, the day hag. They leave together, with everyone turning back to normal. I like how instead of the main characters making it to the end, it's Barney's brother and Pugsley that end up making... Like being the final girls, I guess. Not the final girls, but you know what I mean. Day hack and night hack canceling each other out was a great idea. Though I will say it was a bit too on the nose when the day hag talked about how being there, there being like their home, felt too much for her, mirroring how Barney felt about his family. Yeah, like the situations were just way too similar to the point where there wasn't even like parallels. It was literally just one line. And I wish there was at least like a little bit more subtlety there. Yeah, I agree with you. Real talk here. How did that one kid Norma was talking to manage to buy an actual script for a show that was supposed to be famous? Like in- <laughs> Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, I love the idea of the monsters in this episode. I think the idea of having all the sleep sucked out of your body and turning you into this little gremlin was like a really creative idea. Also, okay, so the whole time Barney has been gone, has his parents just been chill with that? Like their kid goes off to an amusement park interview doesn't come back for a few days and they're just cool with that like even if your kid runs away weekly i don't understand not being worried sick afraid that your child is going to become a statistic yeah i i definitely agree with you especially when his mom said to barney in the dinosaur costume oh he just did a disappearing act like that's that's what she said and and she acted like it was normal for him to disappear like that and then I think he said something in in return. I forgot, honestly. Maybe he's just invisible or something like that. But it was really weird. Like, I, I was like, you're just okay with your son, like, disappearing like that? Like, hello? Episode 5. Courtney has the Christmas in July blues. Pugsley, Barney, and Norma go on a demon game show to win a prize to cheer her up. They win, with the prize being a mug, and Courtney loves it. I love the animation for the game show introduction. It's really cool. When Badia and Courtney are watching the game show and Barney literally dies and both of them just keep watching and say, Pass me the popcorn. That was iconic. They are icons. Speaking of which, Norma and Pugsley act normal for having someone just die right in front of them, which is very strange. When Hawks just pushes Barney down the stairs, I was genuinely shocked for the first time when I watched this show. Like, I never expected them to actually kill someone off in the kids' show. Well, not to say there can't be deaths in a kids' show. There's, like, Infinity Train, for example. But I felt like this wouldn't be that type of show, you know? Oh, also, I loved the prize they got was my friend died on Hawks' castle and all I got was his lousy mug. That was great also. Oh, something I... I'm not sure if I like this anymore, but I used to like decision shows. It's when people pretend to be defeated for some reason. Um, Like in this episode, Cuddles pretends to be like he died or something or fainted or whatever because Tom Lucas was 
inhabiting Pugsley's body. I'm not sure how I feel about that anymore, but I did like it for a while. Yeah, okay. I was excited for a Christmas episode, so when it turned out to not really be one, yes, I was disappointed. And I was more disappointed when it was a game show, because when Pugsley said apparently game shows were made in hell, that was not a joke. I hate game shows. Well, most game shows. Takashi's Castle is the only exception. What's oh, Takashi's yes. Castle? It's, I think it's a Japanese game show. Okay, first of all, let me just say, Japanese and Southeast Asian game shows really do go hard, but I grew up watching Takashi's Castle. It's They give you really weird obstacle courses where you sort of have to have a talent of some sort in order to complete it. It's like Wipeout if the contestants were like talented. Also, listen, it's 50-50 on whether or not I like modern references in shows because it's either clever enough that you don't have to know where the reference comes from to enjoy the scene or it's topical enough that within five to ten years someone will watch it, not understand it, and sit there in silence. And I bring that up because we honestly see a lot of them in the show and I would say most of them are tasteful, but Hawks literally quoted RuPaul. And something about that just sent me, especially since RuPaul is definitely going to end up down there with those demons. Okay, episode six. In this episode, Norma and friends go to a theme park ride based on Pauline Phoenix's show, Dr. Love. While in the waiting line, the crew pulls a Freaky Friday and body swap due to Pugsley's magic and find Jennifer Swan, the Pauline Phoenix impersonator who went missing a year ago, and free her from the in-between, a place where people go when they are being possessed. Also, Barney and Logan go on an almost date. I hate awkward moments in this episode and it made me feel so uncomfortable and it was terrible, especially when Pugsley was taking over Barney's body. Pugsley possessing Barney's body was so cringe. Everything he did, licking that kid's caramel apple, sniffing logs, not slay. Even Courtney's possession wasn't that cringe. Oh, what I love about this episode is when we learn what happened to Jennifer Swan and how she's being possessed this whole time. I love at the end we get to see her wake up and she doesn't know where she has been all this time. It was really interesting and really cool. I really do like how they help her get back into the real world. The black lesbian couple were really cute side characters. I just wish we got them in a better episode. Like I really love how they tried to support Barney even when he was acting kind of freaky. It's really cute the way Courtney and Pugsley reacted to looking at themselves through somebody else's body for the first time. Yeah, listen, I'm glad for representation in cartoons, but genuinely, I can't with Barney and Logs. I did love the older couple's comments to them and how they were trying to be Barney's uh, wingmen. I thought that was really cute. And I love seeing older queer couples. And I just think in general, it's so important to show the queer youth older couples to show that we do get happy endings. Also, Marco, the little red worm creature dressed up as the woman's baby. Like, <laughs> dude, every single scene it's in, it fucking slays. Um, Serving cunt. So true, so true. Also, yes, when I first watched through this, I was wondering if the missing women from the first episode would come back. Uh, I like how she does get a storyline and wasn't just a throwaway character to set up the spookiness of the show. Also, if that lady tried to skip the line at Disney, I really do think that she'd be jumped so quickly. And that is something that I would truly love to see. Honestly, 
I feel like the rabid fans at this park would do the same, so it was kind of disappointing that no one did try to attack her. You don't want to mess with Disney fanatics. That's all I, I'll say. They're crazy. Very true. They're kind of like Swifties. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Can you say <laughs> yeah, that, Marco? We <laughs> we're going to get canceled. No, no, we're not. I'm sure it's fine. Marco, all it takes is one Swifty, <laughs> and we'll be... We'll be bombed with negative reviews. Our first reviews will be negative seven stars. <laughs> Maybe. Anyways. Episode 7. Norma and Badia go to investigate what happened to Jennifer Swan while Barney has a long-needed talk with his parents. They discover that Pauline Phoenix has been stalking and making all the Pauline Phoenix impersonators disappear and find a TV with an insurance commercial that Norma, Barney, Pugsley, and Courtney get sucked into due to Pugsley's magic. The beginning of this episode where Norma is trying to get info from that one 11 year old uh, with the magazine is so over the top and I love it. The TV TV commercial suddenly glitching out and showing the commercial where Pauline died is a nice touch. I noticed that in the first episode, the TV glitched out as well there. I think it showed the ghost of Pauline. So, I don't know how you'll feel about this, but I have a feeling some people might have mixed feelings on what I'll, I'll say here. But I find it funny that everyone acts like Pauline is possessing every Pauline impersonator when some of them have completely different skin tones than Pauline. Like, I get that you're trying to be inclusive and trying to show that race doesn't matter in this show, but I hate it when people act like race or skin tone doesn't matter when in this moment it really does. She's literally looking for someone who looks like her, and that person is going to be a white person, you know? And not to say that that's bad, it's just that she's looking for someone that looks like her to impersonate, to possess, and it, it feels so weird when she does that to, like, a dark-skinned person or someone who has a completely different skin tone from her. I'm not saying to keep skin tone in mind every single second of your life, but if you ignore the moments where it matters, it feels weird. Courtney having a fake tea party with fake Barney is so funny to me. I love the argument between Barney and his parents. It feels so great, and I feel like it's really important for this show to have that. Also question, why does Pugsley randomly just touch the TV and get sucked into it? That never made sense to me. Oh, that's a reference to a horror really? film, like a paranormal film. Yeah. Let me Google kid gets sucked onto TV. Is, oh, it's Poltergeist? It's Poltergeist. Oh. The, the film Poltergeist. I've heard of that one, but I've never watched it. Girl, neither have I. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to speak. I absolutely love Norma and Badia scenes. I think they're adorable together, and I don't mean it in a gay way. Like, I know I often do this thing where I'll see two characters of the same gender and point and call them queers. But that's just because writers don't know how to write same-gendered platonic friendships without making them gay. And I think Norma and Badia's friendship is a great example on how to properly do that, which is so ironic because of what happens in season two. But like, I really think that if they didn't go that route, this would have been a great example of a platonic friendship. Yeah, Barney's dad was so annoying. I kind of wanted to cut his Achilles tendon and his mother was no better. She was just as insufferable. I just wish pain upon men. Also, I was rooting for the custodian or Barbora since the moment I first laid eyes on her. Do you think she's not? No. <laughs> That's all you have to I definitely don't have thoughts about we actually will get to that I ha I wrote a note about that <laughs> but I did love Barbora for no other no reason in particular of course okay okay anyways episode eight Norma and friends are still stuck in the TV but Norma 
refuses to go out because she's not ready to face the truth. Eventually, they see a commercial for a life insurance policy, I think, where Pauline suddenly dies and possesses her stunt double, Barbora. They realize Pauline has been possessing lookalikes to stay young forever and plan to take her down. Meanwhile, Courtney makes a deal with Pauline in order to get her back home. Pugsley being a horse is so funny to me. Like, he looks so weird and goofy. And why'd they have to do him like that? Like, that's kind of gross. Pugsley as a horse, I would say, is something I wish I never saw and a memory I wish I could forget. <laughs> yeah. So sad. I was actually surprised by how good the actors did in these different roles. I love how Norma's voice actor did a bad job acting when she like got up from the stretcher because she was purposely being bad. Why did Pauline's body disintegrate after she took Barbora's body? I hate how we have these unanswered questions and I need them answered real badly. I mean, listen, I think a lot of stupid stuff becomes rules when people try to write in supernatural situations. So I I feel like, oh, like, you know, the vessel dissolves when the soul is transferred into another one. It, I guess it makes sense in the world of the supernatural. Yeah, yeah, but I still don't like it. I love that Norma had to face the truth in order to get out of the TV. It was really great to watch. I find it funny that Barbara says your funeral and then Pauline dies a few minutes later. Well, in reference to Norma's situation, Norma's journey in regards to her relationship with Pauline is a journey I hope all Taylor Swift fans go through at some point in their lives. The amount of denial those fans go through in order to perceive Taylor Swift as this pure almighty goddess is truly insane. When she dated that one racist guy. When she when when she tried to soft launch their relationship and she saw that everyone hated him and she was like, lol, never mind. <laughs> um, I remember seeing this one TikTok. I think you sent me this TikTok, but it was this girl saying Taylor Swift uses white feminism to like I forgot exactly what it said. Yeah, to basically like stop people from criticizing yeah, exactly. her. Exactly. Anyways, not to say that we hate her or anything. We're just not her biggest fan. I okay. hate her. <laughs> so go down and say it. And if you hate me for that, you're racist. So and homophobic. So and sexist. So, so. <laughs> tough luck. Um, Doctor Love sounds like such a strange show, and I really want to watch it. Like like a, an astronaut who's also my ex twin. How does that work? I love the line where Pauline says, "You're not supposed to be here." When they're inside the TV, it was a really great line. I love the direction or the execution of the line. It was just really great. Okay. I love a good alternate universe episode, like the dream episode. There's so much you can do with that. And I love seeing what writers choose to do with it. And Courtney's comment in the medieval movie where she's like, I'm not a price to be won unless you're hot or rich or hot and rich. I felt that truly because fuck all systems that take away a person's right to choose who they love and marry, obviously. But hypothetically, if a butch fought in a battle to the death for my hand in marriage, who am I to stop them? Anyway, Barbara totally had a huge gay crush on Pauline. It was so obvious. Very. It was there. It was in the margins. Okay, episode 9. Norma and Barney are kicked out of the park and are trying to stop Pauline from possessing another person. Pugsley and friends are able to sneak in due to some magic and singing. And while they are able to stop Pauline, Tamalukas has awakened and has turned a bunch of people into stone. Okay, so I want to start by saying that I am not a theater kid and I have never have been, okay? Like, I could never be that kind of person. However, 
I absolutely love this episode and I love musicals, sadly. Who doesn't love music, honestly? Okay, so my music opinions. At Dead End, the first song is an okay song. I don't like Courtney's song because it reminds me too much of The Little Mermaid for some reason and I don't know why anyone else has made that connection. Like, it sounds too much like The Little Mermaid song. The one I, like, I got gadgets and gizmos aplenty, that one. Like, I don't know why nobody else talks about this, but it sounds like The Little Mermaid song and I hate it. My Frankenstein is good, but I absolutely love Phantom of the Theme Park. I also don't like Barney's song, Just Some Guy. I guess it's okay, but it's never really stuck with me. And as a man-hater who's a man, I just I just can't stand, okay? I just It's just not a slay. Seal the Body is just a chant with some lyrics, and I guess it's okay. Driver's Seat is really good, and the finale is amazing as well. Norma singing a song where she disses Pauline, and Pauline acts like nothing happened is such a strange choice, but I love it. You know, in the defense of that one song, I think Pauline sort of seems like the type of character where you could literally talk mad shit about her in a song and she'll be like oh my god this is amazing yeah i feel like i should have expected a musical episode but oh maybe i should give a little disclaimer i would not categorize myself as a theater kid though i feel like i do have to say i was in three musicals uh in high school hello editing mel here to correct the record i was not in three musicals i was in three plays just really felt like I needed to make that distinction. This was before we knew each other. I did not know this about you, and this just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't talk about it a lot. Were you any good? I think I was great. I I I played a waiter mm. in one of them, and I was supposed to be this very boring background character, but I got a lot of laughs. Then another one, I was like a narrator. Then I forgot the other. But yeah, I slayed honestly. Not a theater kid, though. I do want to point that out. Yeah, so I feel like I should have expected a musical episode, but truly it came out of nowhere. I also, I kind of hate them. I don't know why, but they just make me like nervous and uncomfortable. Okay, I would say musical episodes make me feel that way. I think musicals in general, uh, 50-50. I did not expect this to become a dark side invading Earth situation. I didn't really know where they were going for the season finale, but this wasn't it. When I first heard Telemuchus speak, I didn't think much of it, but immediately when I heard that man sing, I fucking knew he sounded familiar. Marco, he is also Fizzaroli from Hell of a Boss. It is becoming harder and harder to escape that show. Right, so Courtney's chains being placed by an angel was such a plot twist. Truly one I would have never thought of, but it was a pleasant one. And it was a great way to keep me watching because I had to know who, what, when, where, and why. Tama Lucas has taken over the human world and everyone has been turned to stone except Courtney and Pugsley, who is being possessed by Tama Lucas. Tamalukas and his sister have a fight about how Tamalukas has changed over time since he's been in the human realm or the neutral plane. After Tamalukas has taken over the human realm, he realizes that he can't kill Norma and Barney because he still cares about them. He's realized he's changed. Tamalukas leaves the neutral plane of his own free will and the day is saved. So this was a good episode. I liked the fight between Tamalukas and his sister. Though I will say my favorite part is when Tamalukas and his sister realize that Tamalukas has changed. It was just a really 
interesting thing to like bring up when Tamalukas tried to kill Norma and Barney. I, I just really liked that scene. It was really cool. Courtney coming back to the neutral plane because she's lonely is so cute. She truly is a like more chaotic king from the owl house oh yeah that's true yeah that makes sense you 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 have the mind of a master uh yeah i couldn't help but giggle when in the throne room i saw a petrified person just deep throating a sword pauline was such a girl boss all throughout this show to be honest so her ending was so abrupt and weird that it truly did upset me i really felt like she deserved a better season finale ending. Also, the introduction to the next scene's antagonist being from heaven was actually very nice. I think often bad guys come from hell, but there is a lot of potential there for like dirty, nasty, evil people from heaven. And I think I have to make an addendum to my hating cliffhanger statement because I do hate cliffhangers and they are very risky, especially when another season isn't guaranteed. But when they do get another season, I will give them a pass. So this specific season finale cliffhanger gets a pass. Did you know that Pauline's voice actor is a drag queen? Miss Coco? Yes! Iconic. I didn't even remember which drag queen, but I heard her voice and I was like, there is something here. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw someone say like it would be a really cool like theory if Pauline was actually a drag queen. That would have been like a really cool... Thing to write into the show. I think that's a little too much diversity, Marco. <laughs> they were already pushing it with everything they already put in. Okay, okay. Overall, this was a really good show. I really like it. Even though I do not like episodic shows, I will say I do not like the beginning of this show most because it was a bit too episodic. However, around episodes like five, six, seven, I started to really fall in love with this show. And especially in the next season, I really like this show a lot more. I love the musicals, even though I'm I'm not a theater kid, I promise. Mal might be, but that's fine. I accept no! theater kids. I'm a hashtag <laughs> ally. Yeah, I feel like this was a really tight show. I really want to read the comics that the show is based off of. There's also like a little short from Frederator, I think, that is called Dead in Paranormal Park that was kind of like a pilot for this show, which is really cool as well. I watched that and I really liked that. So yeah, this is just a really great show. I think this was a neat cartoon. I especially love the very open diversity it has. I can't say how good of representation a character like Barney is, but Norma was a great representation. I also like the fact that a lot of people were so accepting and unquestioning. It was really refreshing. Well, We've come to the end of the show now, which means it's time for a little segment I like to call the Mediocre Minute, which is a tiny little micro moment where me and Marco recommend books, comics, music, games, etc. for you all to check out while we are busy working our nine to fives, slaving away to put food on the table and a roof over our heads for you ungrateful listeners. My recommendation is Hauntology by Jeremy Hahn. It's just such a cute little bundle of spooky anthology comics. They're all like really diverse. A lot of them are sort of end of the world situations. A lot of them are also just like really spooky ass creepy shit. Very much Twilight Zone-esque. Okay, there are like two cat comics in there and both of them were very excellent. One of them was so cute and just funny and adorable. And the other one was like pretty killer, like literally killer. A couple of them are linked together, which I thought was pretty interesting. But yeah, really quick read, honestly. And that is my suggestion. Marco, what is 
your suggestion. So my suggestion is a multiplayer couch co-op game called Metal Dash. It's a game where basically there are four players and there's only one present. And your job is to grab the present and race to the finish line as fast as you can to the birthday party before anyone tries to steal the present from you. It's really fun. I really like it. I wish they had like online multiplayer, but I do get the fact that this is only like a really cheap game. Like it's only like $5.99, I think. So it's just like a really fun time. If you ever want to like play with a bunch of people and you have a bunch of people over or something, I would really recommend this game. Give it a try, y'all. Anyways, you guys. That's our thoughts on Jedi and Paranormal Park Season 1. If you want to send us a voice message on Spotify for podcasters, there'll be a link in the description to do so. We also have an Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads, which are at Pod, and a YouTube channel, which is at the Mediocre Takes Podcast. Be on the lookout for that because Mal and I were planning to post a video, like a YouTube special that we haven't posted yet, but we'll get to it eventually. Anyways, that's everything. So goodbye.